What's up, Dub Nation? Hello, YouTubers, and welcome back, podcast people. I will see if I'm going to do a video pod on this or not, or just keep it to an audio podcast. But this is Poor Man's Commish, your Warriors credentialed insider. And I'm there with the Golden State Warriors every practice, try to, every game, every shoot around, hopefully on the road as well. But let's go through the last couple days. The last time I left off with you was with Alex of Laker Central 365. Thank you, Alex, for being on the show. And we did a preview of the Warriors-Lakers game. Let me just take you through sort of what I saw and the Warriors through my own eyes. Because that's really the best way that I know how to tell the story. And... Any other way, just, I mean, this is just a river of content that I get with the Warriors. And it's sort of just picking and choosing little uh, bits and pieces that were important to me. And I might start off by saying the day before the game, we were left with Jordan Poole um, with the Q&As. Now, what had happened was we had Steve Kerr and Draymond, but that pretty much went by quickly. Jordan Poole went into the training room to do some stuff, probably lift weights. I've, I've kind of seen that a couple times now. Then came back out to do his interview, and by then, all the regular beat writers were like, man, I got to go and write my story on my pregame story so it was pretty much me and a couple other guys left over with Jordan Poole. And that's when I got to like step up to the plate and really ask some questions and fill in the time and make sure that it's a worthwhile Q&A with Jordan Poole. So guess what? I was able to pull a little nugget out of him. And that was that he had talked to Draymond, but in a trash talking way. They had scrimmaged the night before, which we actually obtained video on. We obtained just glimpses on IG Story, probably because the people that took that video probably weren't supposed to, and they knew it. But in any case, they are public accounts on Instagram, and they happened to post it. We got wind of it, copied a couple of them, and put a compilation together that had all the views of not just Chase Center the the night before where... They were scrimmaging, the Warriors were. But also, uh, Franco Finn went over to Hooptopia and had an inside look on that. So just go check it out on our YouTube. What you can do for our videos, if you ever want to find anything, you have to put in your Google um, search term, youtube.com, because then it'll search specifically YouTube. Then Let's Go Warriors, because that's the name of our account all one word and then whatever uh, search terms you want to use to find that particular video that we have so for example the one where we had glimpses of scrimmage you can just go youtube.com let's go warriors warrior scrimmage glimpse or something like that and you'll be able to find it so it's kind of like a search engine within a search engine so all you got to do is always just put youtube.com let's go warriors and then whatever other keywords and you'll be able to find our videos so 
Yeah, we, um, he, he said that in the scrimmage, this is Jordan Poole answering a question of ours, which was, have you been roasted by Draymond yet? And uh, so he said that at the free throw line, Draymond started trash-talking, but he had to back himself up, so he trash-talked back, which is nice to hear because Jordan Poole is a fierce competitor as, as an aspiring NBA star should be. First-round draft pick at that. 19 year old as that at that all right so that was my little uh, diamond in the rough from friday but then let's fast forward no shoot around because of the early tip off at five o'clock at chase center but i did manage to get there early enough and just soak in the scene and later on chris demarco would tell me chris demarco is the one of the assistant coaches he's in charge of player development this year and he would tell me, or he asked me, that was weird, wasn't it? And I said, yeah, it was definitely weird because you get so used to going to Oracle for years and years. And then your first game at this new arena, it's just, it's it's kind of surreal. And at the same time, it's new, obviously. And, and you're just trying to find your bearings. You're just trying to figure out where things are. And that's exactly what's happening with all the Warriors as well. Now, I should say that, first off, remember I told you that uh, I would highly recommend you wearing something that includes a windbreaker and maybe layers? Well, it wasn't that cold that night, so that was that was nice. 5 p.m. Saturday tip-off against the Lakers. And once you got inside, though... Um, once you got inside, the nice thing was that it's the sections are pretty much numbered the same as Oracle was, with a couple of exceptions in the more uh, middle deck or upper lower bowl, if you will. I don't quite know what they call that, but one above the lower bowl. And all of the ushers are still in the same section, so that kind of familiarity was nice and Tim Kawakami, the San Jose, uh, no, he used to be with San Jose Mercury. He's now with The Athletic. Probably kill me for messing that up. Well, he talked to whoever he talked to, uh, some, I guess, some fans and perhaps uh, arena people, and they were saying that that was kind of the draw that the Warriors used to get some season ticket holders back was to say that we still have some of the same ushers in the same sections. And, oh, by the way... It's still numbered the same. So that was great in terms of seeing familiar faces. And hopefully uh, it will help lead to some better views that we have. I I wasn't able to do the tunnel uh, shots and, and do the players running in from the tunnel, except from Media Row, which is pretty much up there. What's going on, podcast listeners? My name is Brendan Nunez. And I got my guy, Adam Taylor, that is the co-host of this show as well. And we got the 450 Times going on a general NBA pod. And there's written content as well at the450times.com. Three episodes a week for podcasts. It's going to be some great NBA content. Brendan and I are both upcoming NBA journalists. And we can't wait for you guys to listen to what we've got coming up. Come check us out at the 450 Times high up but it was way high up and there were no power outlets so it was it was it was kind of tough to live tweet that game 
but I, I will say that I, I'll try my best to get some closer angle views. Uh, the video that I did have was from Press Row, which was pretty high up there, but I'll, I'll improve on that hopefully, or we'll just have to live with the fact that we're not gonna help have a whole lot of tunnel views. And you know, I mean, the Warriors as a franchise, they, I guess they kind of want to own that video themselves, which is fine, I get it. Um, over the time, they've realized the value in that. Uh, perhaps uh, I was their muse a few years ago. You know, again, I've been doing this for five to seven years. I don't know the exact timeline of when I switched over from writing articles to kind of looking at views of players running in from the tunnel and things like that. But uh, it's been a while. And, and so now, like I said before in a previous podcast, there are companies being formed now to do exactly what I do. All right, so we don't have the best angle from media, but what I'll do in the next segment is talk about the game itself, even though we knew going in that we were going to get trounced in the front court, at least by LeBron at the three and Anthony Davis at the four, let alone JaVale starting at the five and our biggest guy is Omari Spellman, who is, you know, weighs twice as much as JaVale. Just kidding there, exaggerating, obviously. But we knew we were going in, we were going to have problems. Nevertheless, what we do at Let's Go Warriors is keep track of all the moments of the Warriors and the great highlights that we do have. I only have a few more minutes left on this particular segment. I will say that podcasts are medium hard for me to accomplish unless I take this particular recording, for example, and do no edits and just roll with it. So I thank you. If I end up doing that, I thank you for your patience on all of the silent moments, the times when I lose my train of thought, etc. Just bear with me on that. So let me begin with just courtside being out there you know you're going to get into the minutiae but then you're going to get closer to the team no other podcast in the entire world I would say is going to cover this stuff so let's go ahead and go with it the first guys that were out on the court were obviously the training camp guys Juan Toscano Devin Marble Andrew Harrison. Later it was Omari Spellman and Damian Lee. Then it mixed in oh, uh, Kai Bowman way before that. Sorry. You can kind of get the sense of the order just from the order of our videos on our YouTube. So if you scroll down on our channel, which is youtube.com, let's go warriors slash videos if you, if you want to get in real deep. Then also after... Damian Lee, we had Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole. Then the regulars guys started to come out. I probably have some of the order wrong, but we have so many injured guys. You know, no Clay, no Looney. Looney probably would have gone out by then. So I, th- I think right after that, snuck back into the interview room to catch uh, Steve Kerr with his pre-game spiel and the biggest thing out of that was that he was also getting used to the arena and not being able to find anybody 
And the reason for that is because there's no cell phone service out there in the Mission Bay. There's just no cell towers built yet out there. So I think all of the services are one bar or worse, especially in a big building like Chase with a lot of concrete. You're going to get like no bars. And so we're reliant on the Wi-Fi, which is a really good Wi-Fi. Both the media Wi-Fi and the fans Wi-Fi is strong and robust. However, if you're relying on the wi I mean, the coaching staff just hasn't gotten to that point where they're using Wi-Fi to communicate with each other or walkie-talkies or it's just he couldn't find any of his assistants. He admitted that to us. So that was a fun takeaway from the pregame and so I rushed back because I knew Steph was about to go out the ushers again Imani out there Curtis the guy who throws Steph the ball for the tunnel shots ooh tunnel shots gotta talk about those now uh, Steph going through his routine same old routine before he was done D'Lo came out and was waiting so that, that was kind of cool we again caught that on video and, and then when Steph did his uh tunnel shot it was basically he decided to do it from the tunnel but in doing so you've got to really have a huge arc on that shot to get it over the backboard and pretty much straight vertical down the angle of it is so much further degrees away from the rim that uh, it makes it pretty much an impossible shot near impossible shot except for Steph of course and he missed but the trajectory looked pretty good and the fact that he only tried once shows you just how difficult that kind of a shot is he's not gonna waste a whole ton of energy to try and defy the laws of physics there uh, i i still don't know if it's i guess it is physically possible you'd have to get a really high rainbow arc on that and no to answer dub nation's questions he uh most most frequent in question he did not do autographs before then and ran through the tunnel and again the tunnel at chase is is a lot more open and wide and oh man it's it's tough for me to get down there and and film tunnel things okay so they have pretty strict regulations and he runs in the tunnel and it goes straight down to the locker room via stairs and then right after that was D'Lo, right? So I, I had to make a choice. And maybe maybe at tomorrow's game against Minnesota, I'm going to try something different. And I, I think I will try it way different. Um, and that is to go to the locker room where later on after the game, when we went in there, man, it's a huge locker room. It's like a mini Oracle. I mean, it, it really was designed to kind of look like Oracle, but in miniature fashion. And so I just wanted to let you know that I'll do my best to see what I can do to get down there. And had I done that, then I would have known that Clay was dressed out. Actually, I don't I don't know what time Clay got there, of course. And so we'll see. I got, again, those new disco ball colorways on the on the KT5. So maybe I'll maybe I'll just go ahead and show them off and, and bring them wear them. But it's, it would be great for me to strike up a convo with Clay in the locker room pregame, and I'll try to record it for you guys. Speaking of which, 
guys, here's your chance. Just tell me what little projects you want me to do for you. You saw in episode one and two that I gave you my project from two years ago, which was Steph Curry staying in the moment, talking to all those guys. I have a couple ideas brewing in my head, and they'll always be with some of the bigger stars like Steph and Clay. As long as I have some legitimate story to go on that can fill at least half of a 30-minute podcast, let's do it. Intros are pretty cool, uh, Jumbotron-wise. Now, the classic Warriors intro, we're still using California Love. I actually knew that a while back because I asked Brett Yamaguchi, who I know pretty well. He's the Game Ops guy, has been there since the Kohan era. And I asked him, are you changing that? He said, nope, we're keeping it. And I was like, thank goodness, because forever California Love remix, right? He was like, yep, same So I could have broke that news out, but I was too busy, so I forgot. And then the first game happened, and it was the same intro. So everybody's happy about that. The hype videos are cool. They have the the new Domination Fan Zone ones where we put a video, behind-the-scenes video of that one as well, where they crowded around on Media Day in Chase Center while we were downstairs they were roaring, and, and that was part of the shoot to do the intros on the Jumpotron with those guys. All right, so we're going to head in into the highlight section of the game against the Lakers. Well, the first highlight was really kind of the anti-highlight of the whole evening, and that was Steph taking that first shot right away just from where? Where should we say? Sausalito? <laughs> Well, it was a 35-footer at a minimum, and, um, well, it didn't hit anything. So, yeah, I got an air ball, but good news is we got a little good explanation from Steph himself and then also D'Lo, so I'm going to insert that audio right here. It was choreographed since, like, yesterday. I was just going to shoot it up. Christian chasing it the right way. Uh, obviously, they want to air ball, but I thought it was fitting that... Uh, Take a wild shot like that, get get everybody excited. What do you like look right for? Literally right. you're on the um, the scores table, I'm introduced and I'm just, you know, saying what's up to all the you know, the broadcasters or whatever and he's like, yo, I might shoot that thing right away. <laughs> I was like, shit, I might shoot it too. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so that was post game, but uh where kind of just rehashing this in chronological order as things happen and the Warriors got out to an 8-0 skunk deficit and then Steph scored a couple times but overall Anthony Davis killing us inside and Clay nice little picture of him just sort of with the you know no expression face uh, not very happy looking and then D'Lo finally getting something going late in the first with little lefty scoop and then also a behind-the-back dribble to get him to the hoop. But really, that's all he really did all night, as it turns out. Two for nine from the field. But we then later learned from Steve Kerr that D'Lo is still getting his win back. He does not do pickup games during the summer. So it's going to take all preseason to get him back. And later on in the week, we had... D'Lo in the chair after practice and he told us that 
he just takes preseason to get back in the rhythm and really it's just because of load management and he's been down that road before where he's been working too hard in the summer and then got injured and that was with Brooklyn um yeah I, I try to limit my pick uh, pick up basketball I think it's it's not safe for one um and then two I think it's just load managing you know trying to manage my body the best way I can to prepare for this time um but as far as standing basketball shape I still you know play one-on-ones and you know, go around the court and do one-on-one full court, little stuff like that, but not as not as high intensity with a, a big group. And then Jordan Poole scored his first NBA bucket and looked pretty impressive, taking the ball to the hoop. And at some point, the Jumbotron also showed Clay, and Clay gave us a little wave, which was really cute. Well, Pascal and Spellman also drilled a couple threes, but it was pretty much all Lakers except for maybe one mini run that got the uh, Warriors back into single digits range but for all intents and purposes it was Lakers all night long now in the fourth quarter the Warriors got down by as many as 20 points a little bit more than that as well but we had Steph Curry of course another highlight on on TV for everybody drinking a milkshake so you gotta wonder what's in there All right, so that's that with the game itself. Jordan Poole, really strong showing and gave me a chance to do a little humble brag because before the game, Grant Lithman of NBC Sports Bay Area tweeted out what he wanted to see most out of this game tonight. And I added that I want to see Jordan Poole even though that wasn't on the list. And turns out I got a little lucky with the prediction, so to speak, over there. And Jordan Poole looked really good. Just had uh, the the most memorable play was when Draymond on a fast break or early offense really just kind of went in a little bit, draw the defender and kicked right back out the clay kind of play. And instead of obviously it was Jordan Poole, JP knew exactly where to go for that one. And that one was talked about quite a lot in the post game he was asked about it at least two times yeah when you have D'Lo Steph Draymond uh, Clay Jacob everybody telling you to shoot the ball like you're here because you can score um shoot I think that's pretty simple obviously take smart ones um but if you're open don't hesitate and uh, I think the coaches have the coaches have also given me the confidence just to shoot I'm a shooter and um you know, if I'm open and I see daylight, just let it go. So that was that was really cool. But post-game-wise, it was really the Steph and D'Lo little inside story there on his christening of Chase Center, which went awry. But then also we had Draymond Green shutting down Mark Medina. It was funny because Mark wanted to get some good quotes from Draymond for... A story on how everyone was getting acclimated to Chase. And so he asked Draymond what jumped out at him in terms of Chase. And here's what Draymond said. Draymond, what uh, jumped out to you? Um, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, one little quip from Jordan Poole. When asked 
why in summer league he struggled so much and then tonight all of a sudden he broke out when in summer league he had trouble finding the bottom of the net here's what he said what you said what would you say is the biggest difference between you know tonight and maybe the start of summer league where your shot just you couldn't get in to fall <laughs> all right so that wraps up saturday night's game the team had the day off on Sunday. I had to work on Sunday. So, man, from my point of view, working on Sunday and doing those two podcasts. No, I did three podcasts production-wise by the, the game, uh, Saturday games morning. So I was beat up. So Sunday working hard and then Monday was the open practice at 6.30. So I was just really catching up on my energy all day and then hitting the open practice. Boy, Clay Thompson, just build that statue right now. I mean, he had such an ovation entering the open practice. And really it was it was nice to see all the guys uh, singing and the rookies, that is. Really, really good show, I guess you would say. Smiley doing his Serbian Idol thing that no one could understand. Then also Juan Toscano, man, nice. Fizzy, got some local kids out who were from Oakland to help join him on that. Kai Bowman with a little struggle there with the performance. And a little shooting competition, maybe not necessarily in all that order, with some kids on the floor. And we got a chance to get some inside scoopage. One of the girls that we know in Dub Nation got picked. So we had a right there from that row, we had an angle of the festivities of her getting picked and returning to the stands and all of that. So that, that was kind of a cool experience that you could see on our YouTube channel. I might add that there was Draymond forcing Jordan Poole from Michigan and obviously Draymond from Michigan State forcing Jordan Poole to do the Michigan State fight song and he did so reluctantly. <laughs> Now fast forward to Tuesday practice where D'Lo got in the chair and told us about his load management. Also said that he was wearing Way of Wade by Leaning. He's a sneaker agent now, D'Lo is, but he mentioned how respectful he is of Wade. So that's one of the brands that he's considering. I think you mentioned you're a um, just everywhere with it, honestly. Um, I'm, I have a good relationship with D-Wade. Um, I don't think anybody else is wearing his brand or his shoe. So um, being able to step out and, and, and do that, I think it's pretty cool. We had Steve Kerr giving us an injury update. Alec Burks will not play in the second preseason game as he also rolled an ankle. And actually, I forgot to mention, the Warriors signed... Scotty Pippen's nephew before the open practice and he practiced with the team that day which we didn't get to see and then 
even sang at the open practice and he was in the chair on Tuesday to give us all the lowdown of how Scotty's nephew came to be here with the Warriors and then also all the advice that he's been getting from Scotty which basically amounts to a bottom line of hey look you go into a world-class organization and the Warriors just absorb everything that you can soak it in and learn as much as you can now obviously he's going to insist that he's vying for a regular NBA roster spot but you know we already know the Warriors only have 14 spots available right now the 15th spot is not even available because of the hard cap with the D'Lo signing but Anthony Slater of The Athletic actually calculated it out and found out that with the prorated salaries of minimum salaries and how they count against the cap, you can go over and read his article there, but all of the minimum uh, veteran signings that you can do, they're all counted as the same. So it's not that complicated in terms of figuring out the number, but he was able to find out the that the date of which a prorated salary could fit in the $400,000 range of what the Warriors have left in the cap is going to be March 3rd. So they cannot sign a 15th player until March 3rd. Now, there is still the possibility of, well, Alfonso McKinney's contract is not guaranteed. So that's the most obvious move that they could make which involves uh, McKinney's slot. I'm sure there are other scenarios involving trades that could happen, but we'll just have to see. And another thing that developed was that after the open practice, Marcus Thompson did some digging around, and he's with The Athletic as well, and wrote that there are some people in the Warriors management who really like Marquise Chris and... Now I'm regretting that I didn't bring him up in the sort of quote-unquote recap of the uh, first preseason game, but he was solid. Marquise Chris had a couple putbacks off of the board, so solid game. He fouled out with seven fouls, I think you're allowed, in preseason. And so uh, it it was a pretty positive outing for Chris, a nice sized uh, center that the Warriors can uh, utilize, uh, I would say, a power forward slash center. And the fact that he's so athletic, you know, 7-1 wingspan on a 6-8 height means that uh, that's the type of length that the Warriors like to get. All right, so we got kind of sidetracked there. We were talking about Tuesday. So, yeah, Kavion Pippen in the chair on Tuesday. So so as... uh, same with D'Angelo Russell and Steve Kerr. But then also I noticed Jordan Poole was doing some drills with Chris DeMarco, who often works with Clay, And he showed some upfakes that I have seen Clay do a lot in the past and have tons of footage on. And so that really reminded me of Clay. And I asked DeMarco later on, and he said that they're not the same drills as Clay has done, but they're similar. And the fact that Jordan Poole is now being relied upon as as a scorer, you see the drills that he's doing are is just basically designed to get him to put the ball in the hoop 
that's very promising. And I'm all in. I posted that on Instagram. I love this kid, the fact that he's only 19 years old. And basically, he has a pretty elite NBA skill set for a two guard. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty unique to have coming into the league at such a young age. Once again, you got to tip your hat to Bob Myers and his staff, including Mike Dunleavy, who went to a lot of Big 12 games to make sure Jordan Poole could handle the physicality of the NBA. So they checked that box off. So looking forward to seeing more from Jordan Poole. Obviously, he's only 19, so he's going to bound to have some inconsistencies here and there. But hey, he has a short-term memory in terms of shots, and so that's what you're looking for. Wanted to jump to this morning at practice. We had Marquise Chris finally uh, be able to talk about how he's vying for that 15 spot, even though he knows that really there's only 14 spots available right now. And, you know, he kind of has to say that. Competitive guy, used to be an eighth pick of the NBA draft. So he is going to vie for that 15 spot, but also is open to a two-way contract. Now we have Damian Lee and Kai Bowman already occupying those two two-way spots. So something would have to happen there for Marquise to get that spot. We'll just have to sit and wait and see what the ramifications and information is from that. We also had Steve Kerr, and little did we know at that moment in time, I should flash back real quick to the open practice. After the open practice, I was stuck in one of the seats in section 103, which was given to media to get a pretty good vantage point. As I mentioned before, the press row is pretty high up there. So for the open practice, these seats were better. However, we had a hustle to get over to the uh, tunnel where they had Steve Kerr give a little Q&A. I missed that, but they did ask him about the whole NBA and China impasse that's going on right now where China has has canceled a couple G League events and taken down all the marketing and like billboards and signage for the upcoming uh, China games involving Brooklyn and so uh, and, and and the Lakers and so that's been sort of a crisis for the NBA right now so they asked Steve Kerr and Kerr didn't have enough information so he issued a no comment and Again, this is all because of Daryl Morey, the Houston Rockets general manager, tweeting out support for the Hong Kong demonstrators. There's a lot of political unrest in Hong Kong right now. So that's what's going on. And, and this the, the response by China was, was pretty much to shut down these G League events and uh, threaten, it looks like, to pull out from the... NBA China games, but as of today, it doesn't look like they will. The games will go on. It's just that they're showing their displeasure with Maury's tweet. All right, so while we were there interviewing Steve Kerr and asking about the injuries, which he updated us on, by the way, there is a new NBA injury report that goes out 5 o'clock every night. Well, right then, Donald Trump decided to throw his hat into this ring and called Steve Kerr a little boy for not commenting on the issue 
back after open practice. So suddenly the Warriors are national news again. And we did get a chance to speak to Steph Curry about that because just minutes after we ended our session with Kerr, Trump says the little boy quote about Kerr on C-SPAN. Well, the NBA is a different thing. I mean, I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kerr, and he was like a little boy. He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. He was shaking. Oh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. He didn't know how to answer the question. And he'll talk about the United States very badly. And the Warriors find out about it. All the beat writers find out about it in this Twitter age. And so we asked Steph about it, and here's what he said. I just heard about the Trump thing. I got to welcome Steve to the club. Uh, first and foremost, that's kind of par for the course there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's weird just because I figured he'd have other things better to do at this time, but not specifically. I've, I've read it, and to be honest, uh, sound, I'm not dodging the question. It's literally I've had other stuff going on in my, my personal life, so I need to literally sit down. And something this big that involves the entire landscape of the league and, and it, uh, you know, importance of a country like China, like that's something you don't want to – you're not just walking into kind of lightheartedly just saying stuff off the cuff. Uh, so not a whole lot of basketball talk, um, but we did see D'Lo drilling with Jordan Poole. So it was like doing some floaters off of picks and going through two defenders and shooting threes. And so it was kind of neat to see Jordan Poole and D'Angelo at it. So that's all I have for now. I'm going to end this abruptly. So that's that. Thank you. And I will see you at the next podcast and let me close out with clay let's go warriors say it again clay let's go warriors let's go warriors